This is Dennis Thomas with Things That Matter, where we speak about everything from faith to finance and all things in between. So I'm currently reading a book called Talk Like Ted by Carmine Gallo. And I think about a few weeks ago, I was going online and I was scrolling through the internet looking on topics about presenting. At the time, I was ready to do a presentation myself at work, so thought it was a great idea to kind of check out some ideas and thoughts. And this book came across the internet. And as I was reading the intro, I thought, this is a perfect book for me to read. One, I love listening to TED Talks. Uh, I think TED Talks are so interesting. Not only that, the people that are communicating and presenting their topics, they do it in such a persuasive manner that I look at that skill set and I realize if the things that they're doing are done on purpose, I would want to exemplify that as well. And another reason why I decided to go on the internet that day too was I had a colleague at work that was getting ready to do a presentation and I told them all these skills and tips that I had learned from a previous presenter or presentation class that I went to and I wanted to share that with them because they were also getting ready for a presentation. So it kind of gave me two motivations to want to go on the internet and look up uh, a few ideas on presenting and then I came across this book. So I bought the book and I just wanted to share a few things. And when I think about presenting, and I love that topic. I mean, right now, the job that I do as a trainer, I present to people quite often. And so it gives me even more motivation to work on my craft. But even prior to that, I love the idea of being able to get up in front of people and communicate something compelling to them and do it in an effective manner, doing it persuasive. And now that you could have a skill set that you could work on and you could be very thoughtful as you present these, I think that it allows you to really hone your skill and do it at a high level. And I think about even my pastor, I'm watching him today as he's speaking and he's using the flip chart. And previous Sundays, he would use different props to try to explain his message. So it wasn't just words coming out of his mouth, but also using some, some features that he has at his fingertips, uh, being able to write certain topics on the flip chart. Or the week prior, he's using these two glasses of water to explain the difference between someone that has a lot and someone that does not. So oftentimes, I see him using props to be able to explain a message. And to me, I think when you have different types of learners out there in the audience listening, this could be something that works for to grab attention to the topic that you want to speak to, as opposed to just being words that you're saying, knowing that people don't have a very long attention span anyway. You need to be able to add these features in there. So even something like that at that level, I thought was very effective to be able to use. But a few things that the book touches on, one of them I know quite well, the power of storytelling. It's the ultimate tool of persuasion. It allows you to connect with the audience and customers in a far more deeper and more meaningful way than any of your competitors. And stories are 20 times more memorable than facts alone. I'm in a business of sales where we speak a lot about facts, but if you could tell a story where you're able to connect with your audience on a deeper level, it shows that human side that we have to us. And that connection is really what's necessary because people make decisions emotionally, but they try to make sense of them logically. 
So first, it's trying to get that connection with people. And this is really what's going to allow us to be persuasive when we're speaking to others, especially if we're presenting. Persuasion requires a few things. They said ethos, which is credibility. Pathos, which is appealing to emotions. And then logos, which is logic. But if we break these things down, and there was a top TED Talk speaker called Brian Stevenson. He used 10% ethos, so 10% credibility, 25% logos, 25% logic, and 65% pathos, 65% appealing to emotions. This is powerful stuff because if we want to be able to have that effective presentation or anytime we're speaking to somebody, we have to think about that. Emotion is really what's going to allow us to connect with people on a different level. Oh, I love my guy Steve Jobs because he's like a, a workaholic. And if you've ever seen any of his presentations that he's done, especially when he's unveiling some new, when he was alive, unveiling some new idea at Apple, he would create what they call the 10-hour rule. And the theory says that it takes 10 hours of practice to master a skill. So if we think about playing the piano, basketball, just like public speaking, Jobs would practice relentlessly for a presentation. I just realized I call him Jobs. <laughs> Steve Jobs would practice relentlessly for a presentation. Hours and hours for weeks. He made it look effortless because he worked at it. And I love that because I think about Kobe Bryant. And Kobe Bryant wanted to be the best version of himself. He didn't want to be the best basketball player ever, but he wanted to be the best version of himself. And so therefore, he knew he needed to work out four times a day during the off-season because no one else was doing that. So for him, it was a matter of practicing more than others. He was willing to put that time in. He was willing to prepare. And that's what it takes to be good at something. And I tell this to my son, if you want to be good at something, the price that we pay to be good at something is repetition. You need to do something over and over and over. And here we see the 10-hour rule is what allowed Jobs to do his role and present his products in a way that others could not. His competition was not doing anything like that. And so he would practice relentlessly for presentation. And they state here that practice isn't the thing that you do once you're good. It's the thing you do that makes you good. And this is Malcolm Gladwell speaking here. Yeah, I love Malcolm Gladwell. He has a few books out there that I've read. Another person to be able to tap into for information. We think about another facet of presenting, it's nerves. And when I read this part about dealing with nerves, I thought, oh, wow, what are they going to say about this? The secret is not to eliminate nerves, but to manage them. And when you think about that, I'm like, thank God, because prior to me presenting things, I get nervous. And... I don't always get as nervous right before I get nervous preparing because I'm thinking about the event and I'm thinking, am I going to be prepared? Am I ready? Do I have enough time? Because I always feel like that's the one thing that may bring me down is that if I, if I didn't have enough time to prepare and I don't feel 100% confident. And I've gone and done presentations when I haven't felt 100% confident. And, and it's tough when you go through that situation. And you're presenting in front of people, maybe 50 people, 100 people. And so I haven't really figured that out. I have to think about that as I'm, as I'm speaking now. I'm thinking I need to try to come up with a plan. But 
The majority of times I'm prepared and sometimes it takes more time than others to get prepared or more times than it, than it does in other situations to get prepared. But one thing I'm learning is that I do need to be prepared and whatever it takes, I need to make sure that I make that a priority because that moment that I'm up there, that's the only thing that matters at that point. And so everything that I need to do is preparing for that. So see, now I'm talking and I'm thinking to myself, I got it. I need to make sure that I put that as a priority. So other things are going to need to get pushed aside because I need to prepare and I need to have enough time to be fully ready and it requires that repetition, doing something over and over and over. One of the things I was thinking about too, when I was reading just today, uh, they have an 18-minute rule. And even a lot of TED Talks, they're, they're not long. They, they typically are going to be uh, a period of time that uh, they feel is conducive for those to, for people listening to be able to comprehend the information, but also have enough time for them to process what just happened because sometimes as you go further and you go too long in a presentation it goes too long and you're sapping the energy that people have in their brain to comprehend things and then once you go over that mark people walk away thinking I'm so happy that that situation is over and done with because I couldn't stay there any longer it took too much of my brain power to be able to listen to everything that was coming my way. So they had this 18-minute rule. You can't go past 18 minutes. And I love that idea because it's trying to get all the information that we need to give out. It needs to be compacted. It needs to be in a certain size that allows people to be able to listen to it, get what they need, and then they're able to process it on their own. So I love some of the tactics and tips that are used here. I love being thoughtful with the words that I communicate, especially being in a business like sales or even now in training where words matter. And in life, words always do matter, right? Because we're always trying to persuade somebody. We're always trying to persuade a friend, a family member, our spouse, our kids. Words matter. Our tactics matter. It matters to be thoughtful. But I love reading stuff like this. I love trying to work on that skill. And once I'm done with this book, I might have to get back on here and explain a little bit more about some things that I learned. And I love learning things just for myself. But sometimes when I'm reading things like that, I'm thinking about others that I want to share this with. Because it comes in handy when I'm in front of a room. I just had a chance to be in front of a room recently and facilitate a training course and I didn't have a lot of time to get ready for this but this really wasn't a training course that I was running I was more or less facilitating but whenever people bring up thoughts and in this facilitation it was a lot about our own personal journey and how the strategy of the organization that we're a part of fits with our own purpose and so you're getting into these deeper conversations but as people are speaking and I'm able to facilitate and respond back, I started to think about some of these books that I read and ideas that I have and thoughts that I have and it allows me to kind of reflect and, and pull out some of the learnings that I've had from previous books because again, I'm reading books thinking about who can I teach this to. It allows me to then teach in that moment where I didn't even think that 
that would be necessary. I wasn't really even thinking that I would be using that skill. And here I am taking things that I've read a few years ago, a few weeks ago, and I'm using it in that situation to help people grow, learn, develop, always thinking like a teacher. But that's a good thing because people need to learn. And I learn myself, so I'm always a student as well. Thank you for listening. Have a great day.